The two mites, a little bit of tiny, tiny little speck of money, that was all she had. And that day she gave it all. What a hero, what courage that took. Folks, it takes courage to do something for God. When you step out by faith and do something for God, it takes courage. Take your Bible, please, and open up to the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter number 6. That's where we had our scripture reading just a little bit ago. John chapter 6. Eleven years ago, in April 2012, it was just a normal day as some school students rode the bus in the town of Milton, Washington. That's just outside of Tacoma, Washington. Suddenly, the 40-some-year-old bus driver suffered a major heart attack and fell unconscious while he was driving. The bus started going wildly out of control. Immediately, a 13-year-old boy named Jeremy ran to the front of the bus, grabbed hold of the steering wheel, and managed to steer the bus to safety to the side of the road. Another seventh grader named Johnny, who had recently learned CPR, ran and started to begin chest compressions on the unconscious man. Another student called for 911 for help. Now sadly, the bus driver did not make it and passed away, but the quick actions of Jeremy actually saved the lives of his fellow students by preventing a horrific crash. And so... Afterwards, the newspapers were there, the police were there, and they questioned Johnny how he ever got the nerve to do that, what he did. And he said he was inspired by a superhero in a book that he had been reading. I'd like you to know that the Bible is also a book of heroes and the heroic things they did for God. It's absolutely true. Far, far too many people today all over the world are living their lives for themselves. When someone does something good and heroic, we ought to stop and take notice and say bravo. And the world has seen a number of heroes in its day. Now a hero is simply someone with the courage to do something good, something that needs to be done. That's what a hero is. Someone with the courage to do something good that needs to be done. In the Bible, before King David became King David, you all know that he was a teenage shepherd. That's what he was. But he had courage to face a guy named Goliath Armed with only a sling and five smooth stones, he went up against this ten-foot Philistine. And David won. Moses, on the other hand, was no teenager. He was 80 years old when he stood before the most powerful political leader of his day, Pharaoh of Egypt. And he said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses won. He was a hero. Gideon was probably 
mid-30s, 35, when he went and fought the armies of Midian with just a, I think it was three, 300, yes, 300 warriors. That's all he had. And yet, Gideon won. Because he had courage, he was a hero. Today, we have the story of a boy hero. It's a story of a little boy and his lunch. And yet, this boy had the courage to do something. I don't know if there were others that had food with them. But this is the only one that seemed to have the courage to do something. It's an amazing story. We still talk about it today. And so I'd like to give you this sermon here. It's entitled, A Fish Sandwich Sacrifice. So with that in mind, let's bow our heads for prayer before we proceed. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have the power, the ability to be able to do something for you. And indeed, things need to be done for God. This is a day and age in which the world is, is uh, going wildly away from you. And we need to do all we can in every way possible to exalt you and lift up the name of Jesus and reach not just our city but our world with the gospel. And so please help us today. Give us courage, each one of us, to live for Jesus, to do something that in heaven they, they call acts of heroism. Yea, indeed, we'll be rewarded for everything we do for Jesus when we get to heaven. So bless us today with this thought of a fish sandwich sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, with your Bible open at John chapter 6, this is actually a familiar story. I think probably everyone here knows this story of how the little boy gave his lunch to Jesus. And Jesus took it and did a miracle of miracles. And there were 5,000 men. If you look at verse number 10, it says, Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down. In the Greek language in which our New Testament was written, that's the, the, the Greek word andres. And andres means male, technical male. So these were the men that sat down. You say, well, what about the women? Didn't they get to sit down? Oh, I'm sure they probably did. I don't think they stood around. But it was only the men that were numbered, and there were 5,000 men. So, not always, but often, where you have 5,000 men, you're going to have 5,000 women. So already we're up to perhaps 10,000 people. Where you have 5,000 men, 5,000 women, you're probably going to have a few children. So it's anyone's guess, but there may be twelve to 15,000 people here. If you've ever been to one of these large stadiums, a football stadium or a big hockey arena perhaps where they may have 10,000 people in the crowd. That's an amazing crowd, isn't it? I mean, we have full capacity here today just about. We're nowhere near a thousand, let alone 5,000 men. But I'd like to give you three quick thoughts on this uh, young fellow here. In verse 11, Point number one, he was faithful. So it says here, Jesus took the loaves. And so that means the boy gave them. Jesus is not the type to wrench something out of someone's hand. If someone doesn't want to give, that's up to them. But the Lord Jesus will have someone else that'll do the job. And they'll get the blessing. This boy had an opportunity. He was asked, he had a decision to make. 
What was he going to do? Was he going to keep the lunch for himself? Was he going to give maybe one loaf, maybe one fish, keep the rest? Or was he going to give it to the Lord Jesus? Well, obviously, he gave his all. He was faithful. That's point number one. He was faithful because he did give his all. Was he nervous to do it? I think that would be human. Son, I know you've got a nice little lunch there, but would you give that lunch to Jesus so he could do a miracle with it? Oh, but, 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 but my lunch, uh, my mom packed it for me. Yes, she did a wonderful job. But would you do this for Jesus? Maybe he felt nervous. It's, it's, it's entirely possible. Boy, what am I going to tell my mom when I get home? Where's your lunch? Well, I gave it away. What did you do that for? Hmm? Maybe. I wonder if maybe after he gave it, if the devil attacked him. Maybe the devil got on his case and said, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong to do that. That was a mistake. That was a big mistake to give away your lunch to, to someone you don't even know. I wonder if the devil got on his case. You know, I did that back in Bible college. There was a point where I felt there was a need and I wanted to do something and I wanted to put myself into God's hands so that I was definitely going to live or die according to his will. And I took all of the money I gave, I had, all the money I had, and I gave it to a specific cause. Now, back in that day, this is back in the, uh, I think it was 1980, maybe, something like that. All the money I had in the world was something like $700. And I put that in an envelope and stuck it under the door of the, the, the dean of men with instructions on it. It was to be used for that. They later mentioned someone gave a gift uh, in the chapel. Someone gave this gift. And then you know, the old devil got after me. I wonder if the old devil got after him. By the way, I did just fine. The Lord brought in a few miracles afterward to look after me. I was just fine. But I wonder about this boy here. After he gave it, if the devil got on his case and said, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I wonder if maybe he had a couple of buddy friends of his standing there thinking, well, we, you know, our moms didn't give us any lunch, but you know, this boy, his mom gave him lunch. We're going to have lunch today. I wonder if some of his, his friends possibly may have thought that. Then maybe his friends called him a fool, an idiot. What did you do that for? Ah, oh, you never did have two cents worth of brains. Maybe they got on his case. Possibly, I don't know, possibly this could have been the hardest thing that little boy ever had to do in his life up to that point, was to give away his all to Jesus. So, no doubt there probably was some kind of struggle, but he was faithful and he gave everything he had. I was thinking as I was writing this story, I wonder if his father told him the story about David and Goliath. This would have been a young Jewish boy. He would have been raised in a Jewish home. He would have heard the scriptures. Maybe he was at the synagogue and they talked about it the week before. Here's young King David kind of giving it his all. And maybe here he thought, well, I, I don't have a giant to face, but I'm going to give it my all. Who knows, maybe. By the way, today, if you were here at 10 o'clock in Sunday school, they dealt with the story of David and Goliath. Isn't that something, huh? That was this morning at 10 o'clock. Boy, I want to encourage you. Be here at 10 a.m. 
you will learn a lot. As we go through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, you will learn a lot. So point number one, the boy was faithful. Point number two, you'll see here, it says uh, Jesus, when he had given thanks, distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes. Now look at these next words. Look what it says. As much as they would. Now you know some guys can eat. Some teenagers can eat. Whew. Boy, I don't know where they put it. They eat and eat. And then when they're all done, they could eat some more. They go back to the fridge and open the door. Sometimes that's, that's a good, healthy teenager. Well, we've got a lot of growing men here. And men sometimes can clean their plate once, twice, thrice. And it was as much as you want. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. That's what Jesus gave. And of course, you know what was on the menu. Bread and fish. You put them together, what have you got? Fish sandwiches. Sure. Fish sandwiches. And the Lord is wonderful. Because the Lord, you know, doesn't give you, you know, a crumb here and a crumb there. The Lord, when he gives, he gives in bounty. It's like what it says in James chapter uh, 1 verse 5. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. That means generously. God wants to give us wisdom generously. Why don't we have more wisdom? Well, you know, ye have not because ye ask not. That's over in James chapter 4. <laughs> you don't have it because you never asked for it. There's a lot of things in life we could have from God, but we'll never get because we're not going to ask him. We're too embarrassed to ask. We never think to ask. We forgot to ask. We think, well, no, it's all, asking is only for big things, not for little things. I'm telling you, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Does anyone know who said those words? Jesus. Jesus said those words. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. The Lord is a generous giver. The Lord sets a bountiful table. And everyone ate as much as they wanted. So how does that apply to this boy? Well, point number one, he was faithful, he gave us all. But point number two, he was fed. You don't think that Jesus was going to let the boy starve that day, do you? All right, all you men, you get to eat, except you, son. Why? Why, Lord? Why, why, why are we going to let this boy starve today? Well, I just feel like it. No. That boy was included as much as that boy wanted. Second helpings, third helpings. Son, do you want a fourth helping? Oh, Lord, I couldn't. I, I've had so much. I've, I've got enough to last me a week. I've eaten so much. Maybe the boy and all his buddies too. Boy, they weren't calling him a fool now, were they? They're saying, well, oh, oh, I wish I had done that. wish my mom had packed me a lunch. Boy, I, I wish I could go back and Give my lunch. I'd stand up. Anyone here? Me, me, me. Boy, I wish I could have been the one. So the boy was faithful. The boy was fed. Um, and number three, the boy was famous. He was famous. There's no Bible verse here to say he's famous, but I think you get the idea because he's mentioned in the Bible. Now, before anyone here goes thinking, well, you know, so what? You know, whoopee, that's not very much. Let me ask you. Have you ever gotten mentioned in the Bible for some great thing you have done? 
The answer is no. So don't knock this little kid. Even though we don't know his name, God knows his name. And I'll tell you something else. Heroes don't do what they do to get their name in the paper. They do what they do because it needs to be done. They're not showboating. They're heroes. And they take whatever courage they have and they apply it to whatever needs to be done. Boy, there's really a whole lot of heroes throughout life's history. I think that men and women that have gone to war for the cause of freedom, defending their homes, their homeland, their family and friends, those people are heroes. During the days of COVID, didn't we applaud the men and women that bravely worked in the medical field hmm? and many other areas as well? And some of them were drained and tired and suffering burnout. But they were heroic. They were using whatever courage they had to keep pre pressing on, keep pressing on. And so, here's this little boy. He gave his fish sandwich sacrifice to Jesus. Jesus took it and blessed it and did a miracle of miracles with it. So the boy... He was faithful. He gave us all. He was fed because he himself got benefit, huge benefit from the miracle. And number three, he was famous. And whenever we do anything for God, we're famous in heaven. We may not be so famous down here on earth, right? but up in heaven. Wow, they want to throw ticker tape parades for us. Jesus said that even giving a cup of cold water in his name, will not go without its reward. So, keep that in mind. But let's take a, a minute or two, a few minutes, and let's take a look at a couple other people in the Bible that have done some heroic things for God. Go to the Old Testament, to 2 Samuel chapter 24. 2 Samuel chapter 24. There we are. This was a time in Israel's history when King David numbered the people. He wasn't supposed to do it. Why do you do it? Your guess is as probably good as mine, but he did it. And then there was consequences to pay. And so they were under, the whole nation was under the severe judgment of God. And so David cries out to God and God tells him what to do is to go make a sacrifice. And the sacrifice had to be a certain sacrifice in a specific place. And he ends up at a threshing floor owned by a guy named Aruna. So chapter 24, look at verse 22. And Aruna said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer up what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen. They were Aruna's oxen. He was going to give his oxen to King David. Here be oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing instruments and other wooden instruments of the oxen for wood. Aruna was going to give it all. King David came and said, I, I need to, to do a sacrifice to God. And Aruna said, hey, take it all. Take it all. If it's for God and if it will help, take it all. And Aruna stepped up with courage. And I want you to see in verse 23... 
All these things did Aruna as a king. That's exactly what it says. As a king, give unto God. Aruna wasn't the king. But he was acting as if he was. Kings tend to be wealthy. Aruna, I don't think, was as wealthy as David by any stretch of the imagination. But that didn't stop him from offering everything he had there and giving it as a sacrifice. King David went and purchased it. He says, no, he said, and these are important words in the next verse, verse 24. He says, uh, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. I suggest you underline these next words in your Bible. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. It's not a sacrifice if people give you the money. What's happening at church on Sunday? Well, we have sacrifice Sunday. Oh, wow. Hey, take this money. Put this in as if it's your own. So, $20, $50, $100, whatever. You bring that and you put that in the offering plate. It didn't cost you a cent. Or you're walking along the ground and you see $20. Ooh, look at that, $20. And so you pick it up. I think I'll make this my sacrificial gift. It's not a sacrificial gift because it didn't cost you anything. These are important words. There's a heart behind the gift. And the heart is, I'm not going to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. And I suggest to you that really both Aruna and King David were heroes here, but particularly I like Aruna because even though he wasn't as rich and he didn't even have this call of God to do it, he was willing to do it. What a hero. He had the courage to say, here's my oxen. Here's all of the instruments of wood. In other words, here's my livelihood. That's what he was doing there. It was the threshing floor. And he had his, his uh, yearly harvest in there and he was threshing it. The guy was a farmer. And he was willing to give up his livelihood for God. Wow. Now that would take some courage. Could you or I do something like that? Hmm? Give up our livelihood as a sacrifice for God. You know there are people that have done just that. Did you know that? We support a lot of them. They're called missionaries. A lot of these brave men and women. They've had fine jobs with big companies. They've owned houses, cars. They've got the bells and whistles. But they felt the call of God on their life. To go and minister to people who haven't heard the gospel. And so they make a sacrifice. And they quit their job, liquidate their assets and all that. And it's all given to God. These are heroes. That's why we call missionaries heroes. And that's why we need to support as many as we possibly can. We support 109 wonderful missionaries. Don't ever think, 109? Whoa, man, that's, that's enough, isn't it? Boy, that's plenty. What other church is doing that? I don't know. I don't really care. I hope they all are. But what are we doing? That's the important question. I do believe that there's room for growth. We can support more missionaries this year. Hooray for the missionaries. They're heroes. Bravo for the missionaries. Praise the Lord. And we're getting reports back all the time of the great things they're doing. Turn to the New Testament now, would you please, to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter number 26. Here's another amazing hero in the Bible. Matthew chapter 26. 
It begins at verse 6. We're not going to read all the verses, but Matthew 26, 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Of course, Judas and probably some of the other disciples, you know, they took indignation. Why was, why was this waste made? This could have been sold, you know, and given to the poor, says in verse 9. And then in verse 10, Jesus said, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that ye hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Now, who is this woman? Well, the uh, Gospel of John says her name was Mary. She was the sister of Martha, Martha and Lazarus. And she brought this alabaster box. Now remember in that day and age and in that culture, oftentimes women, in order to attract a husband, needed a dowry. By the way, dowries worked both ways. If you had a beautiful, attractive, desirable young lady, then the guy would have to bring the dowry <laughs> to be able to marry her. Sometimes you have some ladies that they don't think they'll ever get married. They need a dowry to attract a husband. So it is conservative speculation that this could have been Mary's dowry. Maybe it wasn't. We'll find out in heaven. But it could have been. It was a very expensive thing she had. Anyhow, if it was a dowry, can you imagine the sacrificial gift this was? She was giving up any hope she ever had of finding a husband, attracting a man with his dowry. You say, well, what if it wasn't a dowry? It was still an amazing gift. And in verse number 13, Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there sh shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. She got mentioned in the Bible. Because of what she did. An amazing uh, hero, this woman. She gave pretty much her all. This alabaster box. And if it was a dowry, she really did give a lot, didn't she? She was a hero. Go over a, a, a book or two to Luke. To Luke chapter 21. Take a quick look at another hero. This one I'm sure you've all heard about. Luke 21, Luke 21, and he, that's Jesus, looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. So Jesus is in Jerusalem. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. Two mites. A mite is one-eighth of a penny. Two mites is one-quarter of a penny. We don't deal in denominations that small. In fact, the Canadian government has scrapped the penny completely now, right? If you find any, hang on to them. They could be worth a penny one day. Penny was as small as what we go. They went smaller back then. And this lady, she was poor, she was a widow, she had no husband, no visible means of income, no one to look after her. But she loved God and she had a heart of gold and a strong faith and courage. 
It takes courage to do what she did. Because in verse 3, he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. And here's why in verse 4. For all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God. But she of her penury, that means her poverty, hath cast in all the living that she had. That was it. The two mites, a little bit of tiny, tiny little speck of money. That was all she had. And that day she gave it all. What a hero. What courage that took. Folks, it takes courage to do something for God. When you step out by faith and do something for God. It takes courage is what it takes. And if you go to the Gospel of John, just next door to the right. Chapter number 19. I want, you to, sh I want to show you someone else. Who gave their all for God. Chapter number 19. Please look at verse number 28. I'm going to ask you to read these verses with me. 28, 29 and 30 of John chapter 19. Starting in verse 28. Let's do this. Let's read. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The greatest example of giving is right here in front of you. He gave everything. He gave his all for you and for me. And what courage the Lord Jesus had to do such a thing for us. Can you imagine that? He had you in mind, your face, your name, everything about you, your DNA, your fingerprints, you. He died for your sins on the cross. Did you know that not everyone is going to go to heaven? Did you know that? And it's not because they're the worst sinners. It's because they've never truly received the one and only Savior. He's the only way anyone can ever get to heaven. There are so many nice people in the world. So many wonderful people doing great things. Giving themselves you know, sacrificially in so many ways, but yet they've never received the Savior. One of the reasons why they've never received the Savior is because they don't know about Jesus. But then there are those who know about Jesus, but still haven't received Him because they don't really think that God would send them to hell. They justify it in their heart, in their mind. They say, well, I'm a pretty nice guy. They say, I go to church. They say, I even pray once in a while. Hey, I'm even going to give some money. I was baptized. Uh, I've taken communion. They say, I, I've never murdered anyone. They say, I, I'm a nice neighbor. No, God wouldn't put someone like me into hell. Well, truth be known, we are all sinners, every one of us. Every single one of us. And the penalty on that, on that sin is, is hell, eternal separation from God. That's not good news, but that's real news. That is reality. 
That's why God sent his only begotten son. And he died on the cross and shed his blood for every human. Every person has an opportunity in this life and this life only. You don't come back in another life. I hope you realize that. This is it, folks. You don't get a second kick at the can. This is it. And if you die without Christ, it's game over. That's why it's appointed on the men once to die, but after this, the judgment. That's why this is the day of salvation. That's why you can't afford to wait till tomorrow because you don't know. Pastor Ivan was driving into work today and he texted me. He says, I don't know what's happening. The train won't move. There's a big long lineup. I saw in the news later, huh, a car got hit by a train. I don't know if the guy lived or died. I don't know any more details, but I know accidents happen fast. Someone once said, an accident is just a word until it happens. And there's truth to that. And they happen so fast. That bus driver down in Milton, Washington, just south of here, in his 40s, driving a bus full of happy kids, all of a sudden a major heart attack and he dies. Where is the bus driver now? He's either saved in heaven or he's lost in hell. Our Lord Jesus made a payment on the cross that whosoever will may come. Folks, it doesn't matter if your name is Adolf Hitler or Shirley Temple tap dancing to the good ship Lollipop. It doesn't matter. All have sinned and we all need a Savior. And there needs to be a time in your life and my life when we repent of sin and receive the Lord Jesus as our Savior. There needs to be that time. Jesus paid the biggest sacrifice ever, ever paid. Today is our annual sacrifice Sunday. And for 18 years, the members of this church have given sacrificially towards important projects that'll help this church to do the work of the ministry that much better. And today we're asking and we're encouraging everyone to be a part of it. Get on board with us and give to God a sacrificial giving, an offering that's above your regular giving. You see, the Bible teaches us that we are to be giving tithes. That's a 10% of our, our income. We do that every week, every month, wherever you get paid, however you get paid. Then we support missions as well. So we're not going to take our tithe. We're not going to take our support to missions and give that as a sacrificial giving on Sacrifice Sunday because it's not. It's not a sacrifice giving at all. Sacrifice giving is above that. And that's why it takes courage. And that's why we suggest and recommend that you give to God one week's pay. Folks from the Philippines have told me that in some churches they give one month's pay as a sacrifice to God. We're suggesting you give one week's pay. Help us to achieve the goal and upgrade our facilities so we can better minister. Over the years, I've noticed that people give in different ways. Some people give their sacrifice uh, giving early. And we've already had several uh, Sacrifice Sunday offerings come in over the last couple of weeks. They've already come in. Some people wait until today. Today is Sacrifice Sunday. And I got mine... So I'm ready today.
to be able to give. And I think most people wait until sacrifice Sunday. Now some people, they give by cash. Some people give by e-transfer. Some people give by check. Others use debit or credit or some other means. Some people find that they are not able, quite able to give one week's pay all at once. They have to space that out over a couple of weeks. And all that is fine. But the point is, now is the time. Now is the time to give your special gift. And over the years, we have seen God abundantly bless all who get involved with their sacrificial giving. Now, my wife and I are very excited today. We've, we've always given. For 18 years, we've given. For Sacrifice Sunday, and we give tithes, and we give faith promise for missions as well. We, that's the kind of people we are. We, we're givers. We like to give. But we're very excited today because today we're about to give the largest uh, single gift we've ever given to God. And I'm not trying to brag or boast. I'm trying to encourage that if the pastor can do it, anyone can do it. We do it by faith. That's how we do it. And so my wife and I came into church today with our fish sandwich sacrifice for Jesus. And we'd like to encourage you to do the same thing. God always looks after those who give to him. You never have to worry. And you know something? When you step back and you think about what we're doing today, one week's pay, to give one week's pay to God is pretty much like giving five loaves and two fish. Really. It certainly doesn't compare to what Jesus gave on the cross for you and I. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.